coming to you from the Sherpa Chalet at the top of beautiful downtown Mount Podcastia. It's a special episode of Too Many Podcasts. I'm Jim, the Podcast Sherpa, and today it's a special episode where I get to speak with people from the entertainment industry. So get yourself an aisle seat, pop up some popcorn, and get a cold drink ready, and sit back. Don't crunch too loud, or else you'll miss the interview from the Sherpa Screening Room. Hey there, Rebels, and welcome to the Season 3 finale of Too Many Podcasts. We are here in the Sherpa Screening Room this week. It's me, Jim the Podcast Sherpa. Who else would it be? I don't know. It could be somebody else. This week's guest was a real pleasure. His name is Sean Kanan, and you might know him from his primetime TV appearances. You might know him from The Karate Kid 3. You might know him from daytime television in roles such as A.J. Quartermain or Deacon Sharp. Or you might know him by his stand-up comedy, or by his cookbook, or by his radio show. He's been a very busy guy, and that's why we couldn't have too long an interview, because he is such a busy guy. And of course, his Emmy-nominated new show called Studio City. Yeah, and you got to check that out. It was really enjoyable. And we got to talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff. Also, we had the introduction of a new segment called Totally Random Questions. So I hope you enjoy all of that. But first, keep in mind that today's Season 3 finale is being brought to you by Audible, where you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Sherpa. There's over 180,000 titles, oh, so many, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Okay, I think I've built up enough suspense. Let's hear my conversation with Mr. Sean Kanan. Hello, Rebels. We are here in the acting room of the Sherpa Screening Room, and we don't have too many rules for speaking with my guest tonight, but there are, it will be no sweeping of the leg, and there will be no substituting of presumed dead twins. My guest is an actor of stage, TV, and film. He is an author of two books. He's a stand-up comic. He's a producer. He's been a radio show host. I didn't know that. He's a martial artist, mm -hmm. and he's the creator of a brand new series called Studio City, playing Sam Stevens, or also Dr. Pierce Hartley. Say a nice Sherpa screening room hello to Mr. Sean Kanan. How you doing, Sean? How are you? Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure for you. For <laughs> it's a pleasure for me to have you. And a pleasure for you. How's that? <laughs> It's as long as it's a pleasure for everybody. Right. So now you were originally a kid from Pennsylvania. Yep. I grew and up in western Pennsylvania in a, in a small uh, town called Newcastle and uh, lived about five miles from the Amish community. So uh, it was like nothing to see a horse and buggy go by every now and again. <laughs> Did you get good at churning butter after a while? or? <laughs> Yeah, only after I milked the cows. <laughs> okay. And I know you, you had said that you were bullied as a, as a child, and that's why you turned to martial arts. Um, yeah, you know, when I was, when I was a young kid, I, I really experienced a lot of bullying. Um, and it's one of the reasons that I've, I've gotten involved with uh, a nonprofit called Buddha Bullying. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrific nonprofit. Uh, I am the... Uh, uh, the youth ambassador, and I go to different schools and I'll sort of facilitate uh, a, a dialogue with the kids. And, you know, what we've learned is that 
bullying is kind of like a triangle. You know, there's three sides to it. There's the person getting bullied, the person being bullied, and they're the, the kids that are sort of the witnesses to it. And all three sides of the triangle are, are negatively affected. And what we do is we go into these schools and we get kids to come up on stage. And uh, you know, the first thing we say is, okay, everybody close your eyes. And everybody who's ever been bullied, raise your hand. And a lot of kids raise their hand. We say, okay, everybody who's ever bullied someone, raise your hand. And you know, kids raise their hands. And you know, what we do is we get the kids to come up on stage and talk about it. And it's amazing the transformations that we see among these kids in like a 45 minute uh, assembly period. You know, I mean, suicide is the, the, the fourth leading cause of death uh, among kids. And it's, it's really, you know, we, we talk about pandemics. We're, we're obviously in the middle of one, but, um, you know, bullying and, and adolescent suicide is a pandemic. And it's only exacerbated by the internet, which, you know, when I was a kid, you get bullied at school, going home after school. But now with the internet, you know, kids are getting bullied 24 hours a day with the touch of a keystroke. Now you're a dad and I find it kind of interesting that your first movie role, you played Mike Barnes in Karate Kid 3 and you were kind of a bully. How well, I, I, was a, I was a bully. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, we'll be clear about that. Um, yeah. So how do you explain to your, to your kids, you know, this, this is the type of person you want to avoid? Well, fortunately, my, my kids are all grown up. Uh, my daughter is 18, and she's the baby, and the other ones are all in their 20s. So <laughs> they're, they're a little bit beyond that. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Having played this iconic bully in, in Karate Kid 3, um, I always start the assemblies showing a clip of me kind of terrorizing Daniel LaRusso at the All-Valley Tournament, and it, it – it, you know, it, right away, the kids connect with that. And I say, would you believe that that guy, that, that guy who's such a bully, was bullied when he was a little kid? And it sort of, you know, kind of it kind of jars them a little bit. And, and it, it, it gives me a way in to talk to them and to reach them. Because that's the biggest thing is, you know, whenever you're dealing with kind of a generational gap, it becomes more difficult for the kids to relate to you and for you to reach them. And I'm really fortunate that I did this movie because it, it gives me kind of an instant bridge to, to kind of reach them. Absolutely. Now, I know you, we were just saying, you keep telling the same story about Karate Kid 3, and it's probably, you know, I'm not going to make you do that. If, guys, if you want to hear the story, you'll have to listen to Sean on another podcast. We are not <laughs> doing this. We are rebelling. This is why we are the rebels of the stir pollution, folks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, your first TV series was a show called Werewolf? Well, it wasn't my series. It was a show that I was a guest star on. But there were all kinds of crazy six degrees of separation with that show. So for starters, the star of the show was a guy named John J. York, who later played Max Scorpio on General Hospital, who I worked with for years. Uh, let's see. Um, a dear friend of mine, Tristan Rogers, who plays Robert Scorpio, is in Studio City. The girl who was the co-star during that episode, her name was Cami Cooper, and she was A.J. Quartermain's girlfriend on General Hospital, but actually, I think I did work with her. She, she, she was with, I replaced another actor, so she, she was A.J.'s girlfriend when there was another actor who was playing A.J., 
And then when I came on, I think I did work with her. Then another guy that was on the show was best friends with Billy Zabka, who came to the set and I met him and would later, you know, work with Billy Zabka. So it was all these crazy six degrees of separation on that show, which I, I never realized when I was doing it. Yeah. And then years later, you ended up working with a lot of them as it was. Now, you're actually related to Steve Burton, who played your brother on the show, but through marriage. Steve and I are distantly related as cousins through marriage. And did, did he get you on GH? Did he recommend no, no, he, he, Steve really did help me. Um, you know, when we were younger, Steve and I looked a lot alike. I mean, strikingly so. Um, which was really good because Steve was always a really good guy and I was always looking for trouble. And so Steve would walk into a bar and they go, hey, we told you you can't come back here. And say, oh God, it was Canaan. It's not me, it was Canaan. So, <laughs> they, they were looking for a, a guy to play Steve's brother and Steve, you know, helped facilitate my getting a screen test. And when I went to test for the show, I was the only guy testing. So I, I realized that if I didn't get the job, it was because I sucked and so <laughs> fortunately i got it steve and i played brothers for uh probably the better part of five and a half six years for those of you who don't know sean was aj quartermain and oh. it's interestingly enough when after we got this interview arranged the episode of general hospital was a flashback friday and it was the episode where aj goes I to heaven <laughs> i had i had absolutely no idea that was coming on first of all and second of all i had never seen that final show, and and uh, it, was, yeah, it was very emotional. You know what I mean? I, you know, I have I had a very strong connection to General Hospital. It, it, it played not only a big part of my career, but it was a big part of my life for a long time. It was it was very bittersweet watching AJ ascend into the light. <laughs> he kind of, I guess, became the the person that he wanted to be in a sense. He became uh, vindicated in everybody's eyes as a good person. And you were also Deacon Sharp in uh, The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. Is that strange, playing the same character in two different soaps? It's, it's fantastic. There have been only a handful of actors who've been able to portray the same character on different shows. And, you know, I, I love working on Bold and the Beautiful and the people I work with, but it was really exciting to go and play with a whole new group of really talented people. Um, I loved being on Young and the Restless. You know, it was an hour format as opposed to Bold and Beautiful, which was half an hour. And, you know, I got to work with Eric Braden, which was something I've always wanted to do. Uh, I've always been a, a, a big fan of his work and got to uh, eventually work with him. So, um, you know, it was great. Could you talk a little bit about the life of a soap opera actor? What, what should people know about that? Well, you know, first of all, I mean, I, I know I've worked a lot in soap operas, but I don't consider myself a soap opera actor. I've done 15 films. I've done several television series. Mm -hmm. I have done a lot of work in soap operas you know being on a soap opera is a really great gig because it's for the most part steady for the most part the hours are pretty reasonable with few exceptions you know you're working in los angeles in my case or in new york so you're not you know you're not leaving your family going on location uh and, and, and in the case of bold the beautiful you know it's in 110 countries so i mean almost within you know a couple of weeks i i was known throughout the world as playing this character which was just crazy right and it's it's given me a tremendous opportunity to work in italy i i lived in italy i uh you know i was on dancing with the stars there which is called bailamo con stelle and I, I i did a film in italy and you know it opened up a completely 
other avenue to a career that I, I, I never expected that I would have. It pushed me to, to learn to speak Italian. Like I said, I lived there for almost a year. Just really tremendous. My wife and I were married there. It's really like a second home for me. And, and the great thing too is that, you know, the fans of the show know that the show so well that, you know, you, you come on to this project where there's a huge existing fan base and they're, they're really embracing of you. You know, you, if you're doing a new television series that no one's ever seen before, you know, it may be a hit, it may not be, but when you're going to a general hospital or Young and the Rest is Bold and Beautiful, you know, you're coming in after years of the show having been on, and, and there's this wonderful built-in audience, and soap opera fans are the most wonderful, loyal, engaged, giving fans that you could imagine. I mean, they're just, they're fantastic. And I am always eternally grateful for the kindness that they have shown me over the years. As you said, yes, you are not just a soap opera actor. I've got a listing of TV shows that you've done. I was wondering if, uh, I'm going to throw out a couple of titles. I wonder if there's any special stories of uh, actors that you've may have worked with that may have made an impact on you, if you don't mind. You did Who's the Boss? You were on The Nanny, Walker, Texas Ranger, Lois and Clark. You know, when I was a kid, I'll never forget, my dad got me an autographed picture of Chuck Norris. And it said, to Sean, keep on kicking. And, I, you know, I mean, I grew up on the Chuck Norris movies. And, and being involved in martial arts since 13, you know, Chuck's the man, right? And, and you know, there I am many, many years later. And I'm, I'm meeting Chuck Norris and doing a fight scene with him. And uh, Frank Stallone, who's a, uh, a buddy of mine, he, he was on the show too. And it was terrific to work with Frank. Here I am doing a fight scene with, with Chuck Norris after having been a kid years ago, you know, collecting his autograph. I mean, that's one of the things I love about what I do for a living. You never know who you're going to wind up working with. You know, I'm a fan. You know, I, I, I readily admit that. I get excited when I get to work with people that I've, I've followed their careers. And um, it's, it's a wonderful byproduct of what I do for a career. Would you say that was a role that stood out for you on network TV? Or is there any other ones that may come to mind? You know, it, it, for, for me personally, it was great because, you know, I got to do a fight scene with Chuck Norris. Uh, Who's the Boss was a lot of fun. You know, it was a really popular show at the time. Uh, Tony Danza was a huge star. It was great working with him and Judith Light, who's just a tremendous actress, sure. and Catherine Hellman, um, and you know, Lisa Milano was just a little girl at the time. Uh, but it was it was really fun. The nanny, uh, I worked with Fran Drescher twice. I worked with her on Who's the Boss and uh, uh, Happily Divorced. She is just a tremendous person. A funny story: I was at an event for Cancer Schmancer, which is her charity, and I saw Fran. And this was after I had done the nanny, and she said, "Listen, you know, if you ever..." get an audition for my show, let me know. It turned out that I got an audition for Happily Divorced like a couple days later, and I tracked Fran down because I never phoned number. I got it to a friend, and I think that they had already hired a guy for my part, and she had them replace that person with me and, you know, was just person of her word. You know, she was absolutely instrumental in my getting that that second role with her and so I just have immense respect for her. Um, I've been a fan of her since I saw her um, you know early days in Spinal Tap and um, she did uh, what was it called Cadillac Man with uh, Robin Williams and you know so it, it, for me I've gotten to work with a lot of people that I grew up watching which was really really cool. Now I came across one title which I thought was really interesting and I, and I loved it Second City this week, and the title of the episode is called This Is Who I Truly Like to Be, or Cain and Abel. Wait, what? It was Second City? Yeah, Second City so, this week? Second City is a, is a comedy troupe that originated in uh, 
Chicago. The brilliant comedians, Eugene Levy, John Candy. I mean, they, you know, they're all alumni of Second City. And in Los Angeles, there is a, uh, a Second City. And I've, I've studied writing there. And I've also uh, hosted their live show twice. So that's what that was. And, you know, I love doing live theater. I mean, for me, that's the best. And you've also had a career as a stand-up comic. I have. I, uh, the last gig I did was I, I headlined at the Belly Room at the uh, Comedy Store uh, on Sunset towards the end of this past January. Uh, but I love doing stand-up comedy. I mean, that's stand-up comedy in theater is just the best because it's, you know, you're getting that immediate reciprocity from the audience. You, you know, with, with soap operas, you're not, and film, you're not doing it in front of a live audience. And that fulfills kind of a very different creative part of me, I think. But there really is nothing like when you're up on stage and, and it's really cooking. And you were also a radio show host of Canaan Rules. It was about parenting. Rules, yeah. My wife and I had a, uh, we had an internet radio show for, we had it for about eight months to a year. And it was great. I mean, we had a really, really fun time doing it. You know, I was, I was on it. I think I was doing Bold but Beautiful at the time, or Young and the Restless. I can't remember which. And it just got to be too much because I was literally racing from the studio in West Hollywood, finishing, uh, you know, the soap, driving to another studio in Hollywood, barely making it time to sit down and put my headphones on. And plus, I was the guy booking all the talent. So it just got to be a little bit overwhelming, but it was really fun. So maybe there's a podcast in your future if you want to take a break one day? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, I, I, I love the medium. Uh, I like to talk. I, I don't want to end this interview without talking about Studio City, which is your new show, and it's streaming on Amazon. Now, before we get into it, the really interesting about the show, for those of you who haven't seen it, is the episodes are very short. And are you thinking in terms of the, there's a new app called Quibi where they have like the 10-minute TV shows that you can watch on your phone, or did it just kind of happen anyway? You know, Studio City is a short-form digital series. It's a digital drama on Amazon Prime. And it's something that I've been working on in different incarnations for over a decade. It, it was originally a 30-minute comedy, and, you know, we, we, we got the money together, and, you know, we, we realized, okay, this is what we could do. And so we, we, we changed the format into short form. You know, for our second season, we're, we're very focused on increasing the format to a 30-minute format. And, you know, we're discussing whether we stay on Amazon Prime as our platform or move somewhere else. But, you know, it, it was really challenging because you're trying to introduce the audience to a bunch of characters that you want them to connect to on an emotional gut level and introducing, you know, pertinent sociological topics. We deal with Me Too, ageism, suicide, LGBTQ. And we do it all in a way where you laugh sometimes and you cry sometimes. And we're doing it all in... 10 to 15 minute episodes. So that was a huge challenge. And, and the show's gotten a tremendous critical response. I mean, we really couldn't have asked for any more. Um, we've been nominated for 12 independent series awards and we've been pre-nominated for six daytime Emmys. Uh, the voting just ended yesterday. Um, and we're, we're just we're really trying to build our audience. And so, you know, if you, if you could go out there and give us a shot, you can binge watch the whole thing, you know, in, in like 90 minutes. Yeah. The full six episodes. And if you hate it, let me know. And if you like it, let me know. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Sean Cannon. And I really want I want the, the show to be responsive to our fans. I mean, I wanna I wanna hear ideas that people have and I wanna hear subjects that they think would be interesting to address. 
and, and, and try and integrate them into the show. We really enjoyed the show. We watched it over the weekend, every episode. And, and you said it's not a soap opera. And yes, I agree with you. It's not a soap opera. There's definitely a tip of the hat to the soap opera, though. I mean, you've got incredible soap opera actors in your cast as well. And even right. the, the, the opening logo with the music, it kind of reminds you of like an old soap. You know, your character Sam is in a soap opera, but you don't make it heavy-handed or overly melodramatic. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no uh, crazy you know, things going on. You know, you hit on a really good point. You know, so often when soap operas are represented in, in film or even in TV shows where there's a soap within the soap, the actors feel the necessity to kind of do this hyperbolic acting, which is kind of like a a wink and a nod to the audience, like, hey, I know this isn't great acting because I'm on a soap opera. And, you know, I, some of the best actors I've ever worked with are on soap operas. That's the sure. truth. There's their industry professionals who are able to learn pages and pages of dialogue and deliver them in one or two takes and, and do a terrific job. And so I, I wanted the soap opera within the show to be acted, you know, like 95% dead on. You know, we, we goose it a little bit. But, but I didn't want it to be, uh, I, I didn't want it to make fun of daytime. You know, daytime has been wonderful to me. You know, I have a lot of friends who are in daytime. Uh, it has, you know, been an important part of my life and I respect the medium and I didn't want to make fun of it. I, I really wanted Studio City to be kind of a love letter to it, kind of a, a thank you. And, and so that's what it is. And, you know, the character is very similar to who I am as a person in a lot of ways. Um, and I figured if I'm going to do a show and I'm going to be the star of the show, I want to give the audiences the audience who Sean Kanan is. And if I go down in flames, I go down in flames showing them who I am and what I can do. And if it's, you know, if it's well-received, then it's going to be well-received because I'm being as honest as I can be with the audience. And so, you know, Sam is a guy that's no longer the young buck on the soap opera. He's kind of the the, the older leading man. I mean, he's facing some ages in Michigan. And he's, you know, his contract is up and he's in difficult negotiations. And they bring on kind of a, a younger version of him to nip at his heels. And he's got a girlfriend that really is, she's a gold digger and she's clearly in it for, you know, who she thinks Sam is and what he can do for her. And Sam's a guy that always, always thought that he should have had a bigger career in the sense that in his mind, he should have been an action star. And he should have had a bigger life and he does. And he's always kind of lived in this bubble of, you know, like B-level fame. And in reality, he has a great life. He just has to get out of his own way. And, and the bigger life that he wants comes in the form of a person that he never knew existed who turns his entire life upside down. And that's, and that's kind of the, the conflict of the show. I don't want to give too much away on the show. It's just easier for people to definitely check the show out on Amazon Prime. And congratulations for all the nominations. Definitely well-deserved, sir. And also, you got to make that show with your wife. I got to make it with my wife, which is, you know, that's the best deal in town. Uh, my wife, Michelle, is incredible. She's, she is such a talented writer. Uh, she's been nominated for uh, uh, an independent series award for writing, uh, for the casting, and for producing. She's a triple threat. Um, I am sleeping with the producer, uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's great working with my wife. Um, you know, uh, sometimes what we come up with comes more from, um, friction rather than absorption. You know, it's kind of the best idea wins. Um, she always gives me the truth and she always pushes me to, you know, to be kind of the best version of, of, of myself in my work. And uh, I'm just so proud that she's starting to get 
some really well-deserved recognition. And it, it definitely shows up in that show. It's uh, kudos to both of you. We have a section of the show that I'm just starting at, and you are going to be my inaugural victim. Uh -oh. for <laughs> it's nothing bad, I promise. It's a hashtag guinea pig. <laughs> okay, you said it, I didn't. Uh, this is called Totally Random Questions. Totally, totally, totally random questions. Totally, totally, totally random questions. And some of them do tie into a lot of the stuff that you've been talking about. So I just figure I kind of spikes things up a little bit. Okay. okay. What's harder, ballroom dancing or martial arts? Ballroom dancing. And you, you lasted nine weeks with Tina, Tina Hoffman? She was a dance teacher? I did. Uh, Tina was the uh, Tina was in the top fifty ballroom dancers in the world, and um, I actually got to dance with Hannah Cartunian, who was the number one Latin ballroom dancer in the world. And I had one hour to teach her my my rumba with my choreography. Now you got to understand something. I don't know how to rumba, but I knew how to do my rumba. Do you understand? Like I learned that one choreography. And here's me, a guy with like basically two left feet, who had to teach her, the greatest dancer in the world at the time, how to do it. And I mean, she even made me look good. She's that good. <laughs> okay. Uh, apart from your phone, what's the most used app on your telephone? Um, uh, uh, probably, probably Safari, because I'm always looking stuff up. I'm always Googling stuff. I mean, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys that if I ever hear something I don't understand, or if something crosses my mind, uh, I, I look it up immediately. Um, that being said, uh, also Twitter, and I have really just got to seek a 12-step program for Gardenscapes. <laughs> I, I cannot seem to stop playing Gardenscapes. Um, <laughs> but I, I did just put swans in my pond and uh, you know, built some beautiful shrubs, so I might be at the end of the, uh, the drama. Okay. What's the most valuable baseball card that you own? Ooh, uh, well, you know, I, I, I was a really avid baseball card collector for a long time. Um, I had some wonderful cards, man. I had a 1953 Satchel Page, which I loved. I had a 1910 uh, Napoleon LaJoy tobacco card. I had some really great stuff. And, um, you know, over the years, I've, I've sold them and given some away. And, uh, you know, I still have a bunch of baseball cards. Uh, but I haven't gone through them in a really long time. Okay. Now, you wrote, you, you wrote, <laughs> you've written the book, uh, The Modern Gentleman, Cooking and Entertaining with John Kanan. What's the best Italian meal that you make? Uh, I make an unbelievable cippino. As a matter of fact, I made it three days ago. A tomato-based cippino with clams and mussels and white fish. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And, uh, Usually I serve it with a, you know, like a round uh, sourdough bread. I rip the top off and use that as the bowl. And it's a multi-bank. <laughs> okay. My, my wife is a good cook and she makes a good sauce. What's your trick to a good sauce? Ooh, my trick to a good sauce. Well, you got to use good olive oil. That's the first thing. You have got to use good olive oil. You got to use the freshest ingredients possible. And, you know, I, I go a little off the reservation and I use a little sofrito, which is actually a, you know, a Mexican uh, sort of spice. It's a combination of things. Uh, but I use a little sofrito, garlic, uh, 
you know, and I, I use a couple of spices that people might not really think to use. I put a little bit of cinnamon in it, you know, pretty good. Okay. I know you've got a bunch of other podcast interviews to do, so I want to hold you up, but I really appreciate you coming on and doing this show. So please, everybody, check out Studio City and The Bubble. Is that a follow-up? No, 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 no. It, no that Studio City was originally going to be called The Bubble. Oh, okay. The Studio City. So please, uh, please, if you're out there, uh, watch Studio City. Give us a chance. It's, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. We really appreciate it. We're building our audience, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. And you know, let me know what you think. Let me know any ideas, and uh, I'll do my best to try and incorporate them into the show. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Cannon. Okay, Sean Cannon. Thank you so much for coming down. Hey, buddy. Wishing you all the best. Stay healthy and stay safe. Okay. You Take too. Care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for tuning into the Sherpa Screening Room. I am Jim the Podcast Sherpa saying thank you so much to Mr. Sean Kanan for making this a very memorable Season 3 finale. What's up next week? Well, of course. What else? The Season 3 wrap-up on Too Many Podcasts. Make sure you check it out. This way you'll hear what's going on for Season 4. And Season 4 is going to be a doozy. And you can follow this show on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Sherpolution. You can listen to the show at my website, Sherpolution.com, or on your very favorite podcast app. You don't have a very favorite podcast app? Quick, go out and get one. Go out and get one. Okay, Mr. Bruce, this is what I learned from Sean Kanan. Microphone on, microphone off. Microphone on, microphone off. Now, wait a minute. You wouldn't hear me if I was saying microphone off, right? Okay, I'll get it right before season four. Anyway, um, viva la Sherpolution, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Chapalition. Viva la Chapalition. <coughs> oh. Yell, come back now, you hear? <laughs>